the rivalry is back on. One percent better every day, and one and zero. The set is the quarterback lined up behind center, takes a snap, going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch. He's in the 10, 5, doubles in the end zone, touchdown. Colts coming with pressure off the edge. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bring the Juice podcast. I'm your co-host, Derek Larger, as always. And with me today is Andrew. Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Cody. It's it's uh, it's good to be back. It's good to uh, – I'm glad to have been um, asked to fill in for Cody, and I'm ready to go. All right. That's good, man. Yeah, so uh, for anyone that's been following what we've been saying on Twitter, uh, this will be probably the first episode that we – uh, have done since we hit the 1000 mark earlier this week. Uh, thank you all again so much for everyone who subscribed to the channel and follows us on Twitter. We really appreciate all of you. We're going to have a video uh, uploaded at some point here soon to uh, thank all of you properly. We're just kind of in a moment where Cody is on vacation at the moment and things are going so crazy with the new year and everything. So we're just uh, going to go ahead and talk about some Colts news and some other free agent news and signing news. Uh, And the first one being that today uh, the Colts officially announced that Anthony Costanzo is now officially back with the team with a new deal of two years, $33 million with the first year of his contract getting $17 million. And the next year is 16 million. Uh, I think most people are happy with this deal uh, Andrew, what did you think of this deal when it came out? Uh, it's a major, major win for the Colts. I mean, have they not re-signed Costanzo? Um, and I know Chris Ballard came out a few weeks ago at the Combine and confirmed that it was going to happen. But hypothetically speaking, let's say that something may have gone in the wrong direction and they had not re-signed or he had chosen to retire or whatever. Um, then you're talking about potentially having to spend a first-round pick um, or at least an early pick on an offensive tackle. And, and that's, that's, you know, that's not to say that the Colts shouldn't at least consider it uh, maybe a, a third or fourth round pick because Costanzo is 32 or he's going to be 32. Um, <clears throat> but, but nonetheless, this is a major, major win for the Colts. Yeah. I mean, this was a uh, great win for the Colts to bring Anthony Costanzo back. We've been saying it so much that, you know, a, a left tackle that, you know, is probably top five easily in this league. Uh, it's certainly important to bring him back regardless of age. Uh, we saw at the beginning of last year that he said this was the healthiest he has felt since being in the NFL. So certainly doesn't seem like he has any, uh, he doesn't show any signs of slowing down, at least at the time. And like you said, Andrew, it's just a point of not having to worry about spending that first round or an early, uh, early pick on a tackle versus being able to now uh, put that towards other options and then waiting in a year or two to actually address it. And let's talk about the the actual contract for a second, two years. So me, implies that he's not just thinking of coming back for this year and moving on. 
It actually seems like he's actually interested in sticking around for multiple years, which is very nice. Uh, and the $33 million, uh actually states that he would be the highest paid left tackle by an average uh, per year salary, which is pretty cool. Um, I actually am quite surprised that that's the highest paid contract for a left tackle in this league uh, since we're now seeing Costanza with that. Did you what did you think of the actual money perspective? Do you think it was spot on? Do you think uh he we bargained with him or do you think that was just a good deal for both ends? I think it's a great deal for both ends and as you had mentioned uh, Derek you had said that it being a two-year deal and not a one-year deal um I was actually I was fortunate enough to cover the NFL Combine um as part of the IUPAI Sports Capital Journalism program. And I was actually at Chris Bradley's press conference, and from what I understand, he said that originally they thought that the contract was going to be on a year-to-year basis. And so for Ballard and Costanzo to reach an agreement, as you had mentioned, Derek, on a multiple-year deal, um, that, that speaks volumes, like you said. That doesn't necessarily say that he wants to come back for a season and then hang it up again. Um, and then as far as the money, the $33 million a year, the $16 million one year, and the $17 million the following um, I, I think it's a fantastic deal for both sides. I mean, as you had mentioned, Derek, Costanza was arguably a top five offensive tackle um, in the entire NFL. And when you look at his production, um, and Frank Reich has mentioned that, you know, he's not really somebody that he has to help uh, with pass protection or in the run game. Um, you know, he he sort of is able to, to hold his own. You know, he's a veteran in this league, and he's an excellent player. And I think the Colts got a, a really, really, really – um, nice deal. Yeah. And it certainly helps with the new CBA being finalized and approved. Uh, the salary cap, obviously increasing by 10 million this year, which is really nice. Uh, gives the Colts a little bit more freedom to be able to use that few extra million to entice Costanzo to stick around, which is really nice. Uh, I, like you said, there's no question that this is a great deal, uh, was enough to keep him around for a couple more years, but not something that was going to destroy the bank, which obviously for Colts fans sake and for the Colts organization in and of itself can certainly appreciate on both ends there. Now let's move uh transition here from one guy who got paid for the Colts to a in division rival and a guy who also got paid today. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans is now under a new contract with a four-year, $118 million contract with $91 million guaranteed. Andrew, what did you think of this contract when you first heard of this one? I was a bit surprised, honestly. And, and, and let me let me say this. Ryan Tannehill absolutely deserved to get paid after the, the exceptional year that he had last season. Um, but a four-year, $118 million contract contract with as you had mentioned Derek 91 million guaranteed obviously the Titans may disagree with this but I think that was maybe a bit much I mean Mm -hmm. you look at Ryan Tannehill as an overall quarterback um, since coming into the league he's an average he's a 500 um, um, excuse me he is a 500 record quarterbacks I think he's 49 and 49 Mm -hmm. and then you you look at his age I believe he's turning 32 Uh, this next year so I mean he's not you know he's not in his early 
early years in the league. He's been in the league for quite a while. And, and, you know, as I mentioned, I'm not opposed to, to him getting paid. He certainly deserved it. Um, but, but maybe this, uh, this might not turn out to be so good down the road for Tennessee. Yeah. I'm on the same pace with you here. I was completely okay with him getting the money because, you know, he came in under unfortunate circumstances, had to replace, uh, Marcus Mariota midway through the season got thrown out there and just said the team's yours go out there and do it right and then throughout the regular season had 2700 yards passing in nine games uh had you know basically 22 touchdowns and six interceptions uh you know he had a good regular season don't get me wrong uh he certainly had some good times in that and he certainly showed that he was basically a above average quarterback for part of the year, which, you know, is enough for teams to get far. We obviously saw when the Tennessee went into the playoffs, they obviously felt confident with Tannehill at the at the helm that he wasn't going to completely destroy their playoff chances. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm on the same page with you. This is way too much money for a a slightly above average quarterback. I mean, you're paying this guy $29.5 million uh, per year on an average annual basis. And it, it, a guy that in the playoffs, I, I'm, I know that he faced two good defenses in Baltimore and in uh, the Patriots. I understand that. But I'm sorry. He, he threw for an average of 80 yards a game in those two games. And through a completion percentage of 52% on average in those two games. Now in the Kansas city game through for a 63% completion percentage had 200 plus yards, but I mean, he just, he wasn't the guy that you said when the money, uh, when the money was on the line and, and, and he's the guy that you need to go out there and do what he needs to do. He's going to be the one. No, that was Derrick Henry for the playoffs all year long and there's just no reason that he should be getting this much money. I, I would agree that with a uh, maybe a three year, maybe a 90 to 100 million, even though sometime I would even though I think that's still pretty high. But yeah, for a four year for a guy that's 32 years old is an above average quarterback at best. It's just a little bit odd to me that, you know, they would continue to do this and not to mention with this contract that Ryan Tannehill's getting now this most likely means that Tennessee is going to have to franchise tag Derrick Henry so Derrick Henry's not going to get the payday that he wants uh what do you what do you think about that what is what do you think's on Derrick Henry's mind now that he's seeing this deal that Tannehill's getting I think Derrick Henry wants his money and rightfully so I mean the guy was was a battering ram you know running downfield for the most part I mean especially in the playoffs as you had mentioned, Derek, Derek Henry was the, was the, the engine that made that, that car move. Um, you know, and that's not a, that's not an indictment on Ryan Tannehill by any means. Um, but Derek Henry was really, really the, the key component to uh, the Titans playoff success this past season. Um, and I, and I think he's going to want his money. I think he's going to want to be paid. And as I said, rightfully so. Um, and, and, you know, maybe he'll, he'll, sit out during training camp if they franchise tag him. Uh, maybe he'll want to play elsewhere because he wants to go where somebody can actually pay him and he doesn't want to be franchise tagged. Uh, from what I understand, honestly, um, 
I think they're letting Derrick Henry test the open market, which I think is actually a, a big, big mistake. Uh, now, maybe they'll come back in a few days once the new league year starts and free agency opens and they'll franchise tag him. Um, now, as I mentioned, I don't think he would be too happy with that, considering, you know, like you had said, Derek, with the amount of money that Ryan Tannehill just got paid. But hypothetically speaking, let's say he hits the open market or he, let's say during the time in which he's testing the open market, he signs with a new team. They just released, they being the Titans, Dion Lewis, and now you lost Derrick Henry. Now you have no solution at running back. Of course, you could obviously draft one, but at that point, that player is considered unproven. Um, and now you're, you're stuck with Ryan Tannehill at the helm, who you just gave $118 million to with no solid starting running back. And that that could turn out to be a really big issue. Yeah, and I, I've been under the component that, uh, under the improvisation that the Titans were going to probably go with a uh, running back in the first round of this year's draft anyway. So I'm not necessarily surprised that they are going to let uh, Derrick Henry go. But it is kind of it is kind of really funny to think about just what Derrick Henry was last year, having the most rushing yards in the entire NFL last season, uh, being you know quote unquote the best running back in the NFL when you look at yards. Clearly, the most dominant running back of all of those in the NFL this last year may not have been the best, but he was the most dominant when it counted. And you know, just to now think. He most likely is not going to return to the team, which is kind of funny. It just goes to show you the the, the little amount of uh, advantage and uh, leverage that these running backs have. I mean, honestly, the, the Tennessee Titans just gave a $30 million a year contract to an above average quarterback, but to the best running back in the NFL at the moment, the most dominant one, at least you could say he's probably not going to get a contract from them. It's really funny to think about that uh, when, when you really dig down into it. But yeah, like I said, I don't think, I don't think that it's going to change much for them. I think it's, they, they obviously were cutting Dion Lewis. So if their if their plan is to let Derrick Henry uh, go ahead and test the free agent market, it's quite possible that the, uh, that the Tennessee Titans are going to uh, look for a running back in the first round of this year's draft, because there's a couple of guys out there that definitely can uh, leave you with some good impressions. You got DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor, JK Dobbins, a couple of really good guys who I honestly think they should go for a JK Dobbins over a uh, Derrick Henry anyway, because JK Dobbins just is a multi is a multifaceted running back that just helps your team in more ways than what Derrick Henry does. But anyway, so now we're going to stay in the division. Last thing that we're going to talk about here, uh, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars have basically come to an agreement with the Ravens to trade Calais Campbell to them for a fifth round pick in this next year's draft. Isn't it crazy to think that this Jaguars team just a few years ago had Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Bouye, Calais Campbell, and a couple of other guys that I know I'm missing. Barry Church is in there and a couple other guys that I'm missing in there. They are all gone now. And obviously, they're, uh, Yannick is basically on his way out too, from what we hear, because uh, even though he's franchise tagged, he said that he does not want a long-term deal with them and that he plans to just basically hold out until they get a trade for him. Isn't this just remarkable 
just how much firepower this team had on its defense just a few years ago, and now almost all of it's gone now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I, I you know it's sort of an eye opener as to how quickly this league can change and how quickly teams can go from being a top contender to uh, maybe sorting the sort of hitting the uh, the reset button. And I feel like that's what Jacksonville's doing. You know, with the with the trade of AJ Boye to the Denver Broncos in the last few weeks, and then you have the surprising trade of Calais Campbell. And, and one thing that I did read earlier, I believe it was from Ian Rappaport, was the, the Jaguars weren't looking to trade Calais Campbell, uh, and the Baltimore Ravens reached out and offered a fourth round pick. And I am genuinely surprised, I'm sure as you are and, and so many others as well, that the Jaguars were foolish enough to accept that. I mean, yes, yeah. you know, you look at the age of Calais Campbell, uh, but you also have to look at the production. He's yeah. been by far one of the most productive defensive ends in the last several seasons. I mean, he's made several Pro Bowls. And as you had mentioned, Derek, you know, that Jaguars defense with Ngakwe, with Campbell, with Miles Jack, with Barry Church and Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye, just three years ago were in the AFC Championship game and were four minutes away and 10 points up on the New England Patriots from potentially making the Super Bowl. And, you know, we of course know how that ended, but just three years later, I mean, they're, they're, it looks like they're kind of hitting the reset button. And, and here we thought as, as Colts fans, the Texans were the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, the Jaguars <laughs> might be a close second because, yeah. you know, they're making some really uh, interesting moves. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, just to mention that Calais Campbell, not necessarily too old, uh, he's still one of the most dominant uh, inside uh, run defenders that you get. Uh, I, I could be wrong here, but I thought that I saw a statistic either last year or two years ago that he had like three or four sacks against Tennessee one game. I mean, it's remarkable that they just let a uh, potential t- uh, Pro Bowl defensive tackle go for a fifth round pick. That just doesn't make much sense to me. Not to mention not only what he does on the field, what he does off the field. This man was a was man of the year by the NFL. What was it in 2017 or 18? I mean, this guy is definitely a uh, a very likable person, a very accepted person in the locker room. It's just really odd that they would have get, gave him away for this little a price, which leads me to my last question for you, Andrew. Is it officially time to see that or or to say that the Jacksonville Jaguars are setting the presser on uh, tanking for Trevor Lawrence next year? Um, you know, I wouldn't really go that far just yet. Uh, from what I understand and from the different articles I've read and and the, the sources I've looked at, um, from what I understand, I think they're, they're wanting to, to move on from Nick Foles, and go on to Gardner Minshew. I think that they believe that they have a quality starting quarterback in Minshew. And Minshew, to his credit, played very well last season in the times that mm-hmm. he was asked to. Uh, he stepped up when they needed him to. Now, of course, Jacksonville obviously didn't make the playoffs. But for a sixth-round pick, I mean, you can't really play any better than he did. And and they realize now that giving Foles 80, what was it, 85, $88 million, yeah. something like that, guaranteed, um, or at least a portion of that guaranteed, wasn't really all that worth it that his Super Bowl run uh, more so had to do with the um, offense that was ran in Philadelphia with Frank Reich and and Doug Peterson and the amount of weapons that they had. Um, 
but, but I think they're going to move forward with Gardner Minshew and then sort of hit the reset button, particularly on defense, because now they're down two starting corners at defensive end. Uh, I'm getting ready to be two defensive ends uh, with Ngakwe holding out, uh, waiting for a trade. So, um, yeah, I think I think the Jaguars are, are in a really, really interesting position, and it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. Yeah, interesting is certainly the right word here. I mean, not to mention most assume that Leonard Fournette is going to be uh, not there for the beginning of this season as well. Uh, his feelings with the Jacksonville Jaguars are very bad as well. So basically what you have in Jacksonville now is you're having a sixth-round pick at quarterback, which is they're going to start a average offensive line, no running back, your best wide receiver is DJ Chark, and then you have uh you ha- yeah, you have no Nagakwe, you have no Calais Campbell, you have no Jalen Ramsey, you have no AJ Bouye. I mean, <laughs> it it, ju- it really does feel like they are completely starting the reset button, which is odd just because a few years ago they were a, a few minutes away from making it to the Super Bowl, and now they just look like they literally have no players left. Yeah, I mean, you said it best, Eric. I mean, they're just a few minutes away from, from making, a, I believe, their first Super Bowl uh, appearance. From If I remember correctly, you know, don't quote me on that. I could look foolish. Um, but and now, like you said, now it just looks like particularly on defense that they've hit the reset button. And it'll be interesting, like I said, to see what they do moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I certainly can say that starting – Tomorrow, Monday, uh, March 16th, with legal tampering starting. Uh, it doesn't appear to uh, most people that the NFL is uh, – it doesn't seem like the NFL is going to stop the uh, league year from starting on the 18th, which definitely is a nice thing for some of us who are desperately wanting some sort of sports content. Uh, and there's certainly going to be a lot of it this week. Uh, with the legal tampering starting if the NFL doesn't do anything. So uh, that's it for us, guys. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Thank you guys again so much for the 1,000 subscribers. Uh, We really do appreciate all of you, and thank you so much for all the support. Like I said, we'll have a couple other videos uh, thanking you all properly uh, here soon and some other content as well, starting with free agency. Uh, Thank you guys as always, and go Colts.